And I want to I ask you guys, I'm going to throw this question out here for us to ponder as we get started this morning. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Now, I may, for most people in the room, I may have to rephrase that a little bit. You know, like, what did you, <laughs> what did you want to be uh, when you were a kid, you know? I do see some, some kids out there, you know, like, well, you know, what are you guys dreaming of, you know, becoming when you are all grown up? Some of you guys are thinking, like, well, I am a, technically a grown-up, but I don't know, you know, do I really feel grown-up? Maybe I'm still, maybe I'm still searching for that thing that I want to be when I, when I grow up. Well, when I was a kid, um, I, had, I had several different options that I would regularly say that I wanted to be when I grew up. And my dad would sometimes even like interview my brother and me and like ask us all these questions. And usually it was like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, usually one of the things I would say is I want to be a professional athlete, you know, of some kind, right? It's a pretty normal thing. Um, and I realized pretty quickly that that was not going to be my destiny, um, as most people <laughs> figure out. I, I figured out pretty early. Uh, so, okay, scratch that one off. You know, it's fun to, fun to dream and imagine. Another thing that I wanted to be, though, that I would talk about a lot was I wanted to be an astronaut. Okay, anybody else say that they wanted to be an astronaut? No? Okay, you guys are more real. No, maybe, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay, Dennis, thanks, yeah. Um, I loved space. I loved the planets, all this, any type of, you know, science. Like, oh, we're talking about space today. Oh, it's amazing. So astronaut. Didn't, didn't work out, obviously, okay? Um, but the third thing that I talked about a lot from when I was looking on was I wanted to be a pastor, you know? The most glamorous and exciting of all of those options, obviously. Um, but that's the question that kind of drives us when we're kids, it's fun when we're adults to like look back on those things. Well, what did we say? You know, some of us actually do maybe become the thing that we talked about doing. But uh, but what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm not even sure if that's the if that's the best question. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a different question, a better question. I think is not what do you want to be when you grow up, but I think rather who do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be? when you grow up. Hmm, now that's a thinker, right? Who do you want to be? Well, I'm going to propose that the answer should be Jesus. What do you guys think about that one? If this was a children's message, you all would have already shouted out the answer, right? Who do you want to be when you grow up? Jesus. That's the goal of any disciple, right? To want to be like Jesus, to grow up and become more like Jesus. Disciple, that's a word that we throw around a lot. Uh, has different various shades of meaning. One of the shades of meaning for a disciple is to be a learner, to just keep learning. Another shade of meaning is to imitate, you know, so there's someone that you look up to and you're like, I want to be more like that person. So you imitate their lifestyle, their behavior, the things that they value. Uh, but then the last little shade of meaning is to, to follow. So to follow someone. And sometimes, like, that might literally mean, like, we, we read in the Gospels, right, disciples of Jesus were, like, actually walking behind him from town to town. You're like, oh, yeah, we're literally following him wherever he goes. But it's not just that. It's not just, like, the physical, like, following. It's also, you know, taking, you know, following their teachings and their lifestyle and just, you know, taking what they're about and making that your own. That's what it means to be a disciple, but I read in a book a few years ago that disciples of Jesus, are, our goal ought to be 
to follow Jesus so closely that we are like almost stepping on the back of his sandals. Have you guys ever heard that one before? It sounds a little bit dangerous. You don't want to give a little bit of space, right? Tripping hazard. But, but the, the point is, let's not follow Jesus like at a distance. Where, oh, yeah, I, I think my life's going to God. I think I can still barely see him off in the distance, you know? Um, no, it's to be following him so closely that you're like almost like you're like nipping at his heels, you know? You're right there following Jesus. Now, Paul talks about this. Paul, Paul talks about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means when you get a whole bunch of Jesus followers together, what's that uh, supposed to look like. You know, we're supposed to be desiring to be more like Jesus. But he also says that when we get connected together, we're learning the way of Jesus, we're imitating him, we're following in his footsteps. Um, he also says that we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. This is kind of Paul's suggestion. He's saying that you're wondering what or who you should be as you grow up. Well, I would offer Jesus as a suggestion. To follow Jesus so closely that you begin to become more like him. Now, this is, this is a huge thing. Because Paul talks about how it's not, it's not just, you know, like when you, you, when you become begin to follow Jesus, you're not like a finished product at that point, right? You guys are like, yeah, duh. I know that all too well. I'm not done yet. Jesus is not done with me. But there is this sense here in Ephesians 4 where he's talking about, yeah, there's this, you know, there are Christian leaders in a community of believers, and they're teaching, and they're equipping the saints for ministry, and they're preparing us, you know, we're being prepared, we're being, uh, we're growing and maturing you know, this discipleship's not just like a static thing, but it is a dynamic thing where we are growing all the time in the knowledge and the lifestyle of our Lord Jesus. So it, it involves continual learning and maturing as his followers. And so to put it in the context of our, our sermon series here, talking about these four Gs, you know, there are, uh, there are multiple steps in which you become a deeper, closer follower of Jesus. And last week we talked about the first one, that was gather, you know, gathering for worship, being foundational for any disciple of Jesus, but now we're saying that there are more steps as well, growing, growing together in our faith in Christ. That's going to be the focus of today's message. Paul is saying that uh, it's great to gather, right? But it's, it's only one step in the journey of following Jesus. I think sometimes uh, good Lutheran people will say something like this. They'll say, uh, if you can only do one thing, then you should gather for worship. Okay? Sounds reasonable. Um, but then what people hear is, oh, I only have to do one thing. Gather for worship. Because we're, we're always looking for like kind of the easiest way. What's like the least amount I have to do to get in to heaven or something like that, you know? But don't, shouldn't we want to, to follow Jesus as closely as, as we possibly can in this life? So we're like, oh, I only have to do one thing? Cool, yeah, I think I can do that. But then we, then we start to go a little bit deeper into what Christians 
believe, and, uh, and, and then boom, Martin Luther hits us with the third commandment. And he says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And you're like, okay, that's, that sounds not too bad. But then he says, what does this mean? And oh, he starts to, starts to make you feel a little bit worse. Because what does it say? It says we should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Ooh, despising, you know, maybe, maybe ignoring, maybe not valuing, not holding it sacred, growing in the knowledge of Jesus. That happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? And then John, in John 15, we have the words of Jesus. He's saying, you've got to abide in me. You've got to stay connected to me. Otherwise, you're going to wither. You're going to get chopped off. You're going to get thrown into the fire. And so, basically, these things are telling us, you know, um, at best, if you're not connected to Jesus and other believers, at best, you're going to be immature Disciples, your growth is going to be stunted. You're not going to be bearing fruit. That's that's best case scenario. Not connected to Jesus. Worst case scenario is you're marching toward your own death and destruction. No serious business. But then also in John 15, we have these beautiful promises that Jesus shares. If you're connected, if you abide, if you remain in Me, and you hear and love and take in my word, then you will bear fruit. Then you'll be connected to me, and you'll be connected to one another. You'll love one another. And this is the way that leads to life, being connected to Jesus and being connected to his cross and his empty tomb that is for you, that changes your whole identity. We gotta grow together into Christ all the time. And so the focus of today's message it's going to be to stay connected to Jesus and to grow. And so, so what does that look like exactly? Well, here's a, a little bit of a sentence here. We as disciples of Jesus at St. Paul, we grow in our faith relationship with God, but also in our relationship with our fellow disciples through the study of his word, through prayer, and through community. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper and see what these things actually mean. So this is, uh, you know, this is assuming gathering, right? So we're gathering for worship like we're doing right now. But then what else, what else happens? Well, growing disciples are also doing these three things. Being in God's word, praying, being in community with other believers. So when it comes to God's word... Um, you know, last week we explored John chapter 12, and we had those Greeks that came up to Jesus' disciples and said, hey, we want to see Jesus. Where's he at? How can we find him? And then we kinda, I kind of walked us through a little bit of a scenario where what if someone just wandered into St. Paul and said, I want to see Jesus. Where can I find him here? Can you show me the way? And we said, well, you could say, hey, come and gather with us for worship. Jesus is here. That's a great answer. But also this week, I think we could also legitimately say the answer would be, oh, you want to see Jesus? Here's his word. He's in there. He promises that he will speak to you, that he will be present there in his word. You cannot, you can't open up the Bible without meeting Jesus. That's one of the places where Jesus 
meets us. The whole Bible is all, it, Jesus holds the whole thing together, right? First couple pages, everything's good, then people fall into sin, and then right away, God's like, I'm gonna send my son to fix this mess. And so we, we encounter Jesus all the way through, God keeping his promises to save the world. And we know that he is our savior as we take his word in. So being in God's word and studying it. Uh, growing disciples also are praying. They have a prayer life where they grow in their relationship with God. You know, just, just try it, and you'll see that your relationship with God is going to grow by leaps and bounds, just praying to him. But another thing that's underrated about prayer on this topic here today is that praying for each other is so powerful to grow our relationships. Like, I, I know when, when we, like, on the Smith family prayer list, when we have people that we're praying for, I mean, I, I feel such a, a strong connection to the people that we're lifting up. And it, it makes me more likely then to reach out to them throughout the week, like, oh, how are you doing? We've been praying for this, you know, just wanted to see how you're doing. Um, but also, it goes the other way, too. Like, when you know that a few other people might be praying for you, that is amazing, it forges these bonds that are like everlasting bonds then. So prayer can grow us together with God, but also it can really set up some strong ties among fellow believers. And finally, just being in community with one another is such a powerful force for helping us grow up together into Christ. Sometimes we'll use the phrase, um, doing life together, just kind of, there's a simple beauty in that where we just, no matter what life has in store for us, no matter what comes, the, the best of times or the worst of times or anything in between, that we're there for each other. We're supporting each other. We're praying for each other. We're loving each other. We're just, you know, whatever you need, we're there for you. Having that community with just a few other people is so powerful. Now, I have to say that growing, growing can happen um, on an individual level as well. You know, some of you are thinking, well, I, yeah, you know, I, I, I read my Bible every day, I pray, um, and there's, there's fruit that comes from that, those individual spiritual habits and disciplines. Now, remember, this is assuming, though, that we're also gathering so we're, we're gathering, maybe we're growing kind of on an individual level right now. Um, these things are building upon each other. You don't just, you don't graduate from gathering and then, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. I'm just growing by myself now. No, no, it's, it's building upon each other. So we're, we're growing maybe in, in an individual way. But I would say that the most powerful examples are when we start to grow together with more people. So if, if you're at like an individual growth level right now, Consider maybe, um, if applicable, extending that to the rest of your family. So how, how, can you, how can you be growing together as a family? Can you study God's word together? Can you have a simple time of prayer together? These are things that you can, you know, kind of no matter what age you are, we're, we're starting to instill some of these things in our kids and they're little, you know. Prayer time is very an adventure sometimes. Um, but we're growing together. So at the family level, then more fruit is being, is being born out. But then the game changer is when you look out into your, you're like, oh, look at, look at all these people that I go to church with. 
It's kind of a big church, but it, wouldn't it be wonderful if I was connected with just like a few of them? Kind of like, like a little mini church inside of a big church, and this is my like, community. These are my people. I'm going to grow together with them up into Christ. That's, that's where the game changer happens, where we start to, to really commit to one another. I'm sure you guys, well, how could you forget? I'm sure you guys remember the, uh, the spring of 2020 with the first, the first few months of the pandemic, and we were all stuck at home. Those were dark days. And I, I remember thinking to myself, and maybe you guys thought this too, that COVID really exposed our lack of connection with other people, I think. There's all these ways that we can, you know, we still could connect, you know, FaceTime and, and all these things that were very helpful during that time frame. But I think COVID kind of exposed the, the superficial nature of our relationship with, with one another. And even, you know, frankly, with our relationship with God, I think, for, for a lot of people. And I, I was kind of grieving as a pastor in those days. I was thinking, oh, I wish we had like this thriving network of small groups here within St. Paul so that people could be connected to those, you know, six or eight other people and really go through this together and support one another. Wouldn't that be beautiful? We need that. If there's a lesson that we've taken out of the last couple of years, it's that we should build our, our infrastructure in such a way so that we can grow up together. I mean, hopefully this, you know, the spring of 2020 was like a once-in-a-lifetime experience, you know, hopefully. But even having said that, we should be investing in ways that we can grow closer to God and to one another, even when less horrific things are going on in our lives. And I think it's always good, you know, um, when pastors, pastors, you know, will talk about stuff like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a good thing or this is a good thing. And, uh, but it's, it's always good when, like, when we, we start to we actually, you know, go a little bit further and provide specific opportunities for how we can grow. Not just like, you guys should grow. Now go figure it out. Well, we've, we've been lifting up some things like that. The one is um, the Read Scripture Challenge that we did last year. This is growing in our relationship with God by being in his word every single day. And I think the, the, main, the main hope is that this does not just become something that we did in the past. Like, oh yeah, remember that year that we read the whole Bible together? That was fun. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that, I, you know, I don't want that to be just something in the past that starts to get collect dust. My, my vision for this church, my hope and my, and my dream is that this becomes a thing that we're, we're taking the Read Scripture Challenge every year, that we have developed a habit where we are growing. Yes, I'm going to prioritize my growing relationship with God every single day, and I'm going to put that right there into my schedule. A daily habit, maybe by myself, maybe with my family, maybe with other people as well. Imagine... What, what God would be doing. Imagine the fruit that he would be bearing in and through the people of St. Paul if we were growing in our relationship with God by studying his word every day. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. And another opportunity to start to get to connect more, to grow together, is going to be here in just a few weeks. 
We're getting into the season of Lent. We've got the forgiving challenge coming up. We started handing out the books last week. If you didn't get your book, you can get it later today. 40-day journey where we're going to grow in our relationship with God. But, but here's the thing. During, during this season of Lent, we, we really want to get more groups within the church connected. And so on the Wednesday nights in Lent, it's going to start on March 2nd, we're going we're gonna to gather for a brief time of worship, and then we're going to disperse into groups. So you, you can register to be in one of these groups, and then you'll, you'll be like, oh yeah, you're going to go and meet with this group you know, somewhere on, in our campus here. And we're going to just really lift up and prioritize. We're going to show how much we value connecting with other people, with, with fellow Christians, for the 40 days of this challenge. You can get your books. There's a sign-up sheet, actually, to, to get into one of these groups. You might be thinking, you know, yeah, maybe this, this is a... I'm gathering. Maybe this is the next step that I can take to be a growing follower of Jesus. And I know just from a personal standpoint, um, back with the last, we did the being challenge back in the fall of 20. And Melissa and I, we started our own little small group with the being challenge. It was kind of like a bait and switch. We told people, like, hey, can, we asked people, like, can you just be in a group with us for 40 days? That's not too bad, right? You can put, put up with us for that long. And then as we were finishing those 40 days, we said, hey, how about we also keep meeting every week until Jesus returns? Um, and they were like, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so we've been doing that. We've been doing that for 17 months now. We've been meeting every Wednesday night in our group, and it is amazing to see the growth that we've had just together, to see the, the discussions that we've had about God's word, and just now, sometimes, yeah, it's just kind of silly banter, but that's fine. That, that's, that's community. That's Christian community. Sometimes it's really serious conversations and sharing prayer requests and texting each other throughout the week to see how people are doing. It's an amazing thing, and all I keep thinking is, ever since we started that, is I want this for everybody. I want this for all of you guys to be connected to your fellow believers, and we're all connected to God, and we're growing together. So I, I, can't, I can't recommend strongly enough that you, as, as gathering disciples, that you think, I'm gonna, this is going to be the time. This is going to be the time that I'm going to take that next step and get in one of these groups and just see what it's like. Lent is coming, just a few more weeks. Now, remember, all these steps that we're taking, the gathering, the growing, these are just steps following Jesus. We're, we're stepping on the back of his sandals almost, guys, and he is going to keep growing us, and he's going to show us here as we go into next week, he's going to show us how he's forming us even more. He's going to be forming us into giving disciples. That's what we're trying to grow so that we can also give of ourselves, just like Jesus gives of himself for us. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for this time where we can reflect upon the things that you are doing, the, the calling that you give to us as your disciples. We pray that you will grow in us a, a 
strong desire and, and a need uh, to be connected to other people who are walking through life's journey following you too. Help us to value staying connected to you, abiding in you and in your word, and help us to, to value those relationships that you forge among us with our brothers and sisters. Bless this discipleship process here at St. Paul. Grow us as your disciples so that we can eventually go out and make more disciples. In Jesus' name, amen.